by a show of hands, has anybody been blessed by Not Quite Disney? Like anybody in the building? I know I have. God has been ministering to me so that I can minister to you guys. And I've got another amazing word lined up today. Um, so I want to uh, just recap just a little bit. Last week was, um, it was a powerful week. We talked about the, um, we talked about God's plan for marriage. We talked about what marriage actually is. Um, it's so important um, that we really get that. If you have not had an opportunity to listen to that, um, please check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify um, so that you can continue to feed your faith. I know it's fresh uh, revelation for all of us, and I want you guys to continue to be able to build your faith. Today, I have amazing news, and this news is that everybody in this building, whether you're, you are married, whether it's complicated, you're single, if you're dating, you can have a healthy marriage. I'm going to say that one more time, and then when I say it this time, like I want y'all to kind of cooperate with what God is already trying to do in your life by saying amen, hallelujah, whatever you want to say. There is amazing news today, and you can have a healthy marriage. Come on, somebody. You can have a healthy marriage, and then you can also have a healthy family. And this is so important because, like, I don't want to ask uh, for a show of hands, but I'm pretty sure everybody in this building, for one way or another, you have come from a broken situation. And the reason why I know this is true for all of us in this room is because we're all born into sin. But God is able to restore, he's able to redeem, he's able to refresh, he's able to make all things new, including you, your spouse, your spouse-to-be, your family, your kids. God is able to rework some things, and I believe that God is wanting to do that today. But look, even though God desires for us to have a healthy marriage and a healthy family, there is a but. You see, like this, this guarantee that, that God has given us to have a great family and a great marriage, it's conditional. That we have to follow God's blueprint. We've got to follow God's blueprint with our family life, with our marriage, with our dating. We've got to follow God's blueprint. And he lays out masterfully his blueprint in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. Hey, I want you guys to track with me today. I'm going to teach a lot today. I've got a whole lot I want to teach. Um, so I'm going to take my time with this message series, um, especially today. It's super important. So Ephesians chapter 5, um, verse 21, it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So now, in order for any of this to work, we've got to understand something. The first thing that it says, it says, submitting to one another. Come on, husbands. Come on, men. Like, a lot of times, like, it, this amazes me because, like, I don't know if I've ever, like, the majority of times I hear this preached, it is, yeah, wives, y'all need to submit to your husbands. And we completely bypass the fact that it says, 
Let us submit to one another. But in order for a husband to be submitted to his wife, and in order for a wife to be submitted to her own husband, we've got to be submitted to God. So it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So we need to talk about the fear of God before we can talk about a healthy marriage, before we can talk about, you know, uh, raising kids the right way. We've got to talk about what does it mean to fear God. This is a phrase that isn't used in a lot of churches anymore, but I am telling you, like, holy is the new sexy. Like, like it, it really is. Like, like, if we, like, take a step back and really, like, Think about it, like being holy is so sexy because it is not seen, right? Like, like, like everybody's an Instagram model now, like that's not sexy. It's not, like it's, it's just not, everybody looks the same, everybody is contouring the same, like everybody has the same look. Does the pastor know that term? I don't know what it means. Um, I heard it before. Um, but we got to talk about the fear of the Lord. All right, so look, the fear of the Lord means a deep honor and respect and esteem. A deep honor, a respect and esteem. If I've got a deep honor for God, there's just certain things in life I'm not going to do. Like because I love God, because I honor God, I esteem him, I respect him. Him. I respect what he desires to do in my life. I'm going to actually approach my lifestyle like my life actually matters. Right? Like, like if I'm around here and I'm just trying to sleep with everything walking, I'm not really honoring my own life. But I honor God so much that I want to I demonstrate my love for him any way that I can. My esteem for God has me waking up early in the morning to spend time with my father. Come on, church. That alarm clock is the devil. Like that snooze button, it's the devil. It is. But I'm, I'm here to let y'all know, like, we've got to get back to honoring God and reverencing God and esteeming God. Look, we need to have more esteem for God than we do esteem for a like button on Instagram. Why are we really posting? Like, like our, our honor and our esteem for God has to be like so high. Like it, it ought to, God ought to be the first thing that we're thinking about when we wake up, and he ought to be the last thing that we're thinking about when we go to sleep because he's that good. He's amazing. And so, look, we must have a deep honor, respect, and esteem for what's important to God. So, so you know, what's, what's important to God? Well, we can find that in the Bible. So we ought to have an, a deep esteem for the Word of God. We got to get back to meditating and studying the Scriptures. Somebody may say, well, Pastor, you say get back to I've never done that in my life. It's okay. Today is an amazing time to start. There are Bible reading plans on the Bible app on your phone. Make it so easy so that we can esteem the Word of God. Every single week, like, I, like, we put these scriptures on the screens, we put notes on the screens so that you can have a, a habit of saying, you know what, let me write that scripture down so that throughout the week I can go back to these scriptures and the points so that I can continue to esteem the word of God. 
we, can't, we, we want change, but the way to change is to be able to renew our minds with the Word of God. We've got to get back to studying the Word of God. So look, are we, the, the word submit actually means to, uh, to be subject to, like a slave. Like that's what submitting, like submission actually means to become a slave, to be submitted to, to be subject to. And it also means to put under. Submit also means to put under. So what are, what are we saying? God, I'm putting myself under your authority. I'm putting myself under your will. I'm putting myself under your way for my life. I put myself under. Let's look at the word submission. Submission is a compound word. It contains sub and mission. So what does that mean? I got a mission on my own. I got my own will. I got my own way. But what am I doing? I'm putting it sub or below the mission of God. Submission. Submission. So, so what are we saying? Like when I wake up in the morning, yes, I've got my own will. I, I, I've got my own desires. Sometimes my desires are good. Sometimes my desires are like from the pits of hell. Can we talk church? But what are we going to do? Like in that moment, what we're going to do is we're going to say, you know what, God, not my will. Your will be done in me, through me. Have your way, God. And then what am I going to do? I'm going to submit or I'm going to put beneath my mission to the mission of God. I'm going to say, Lord, I know I don't want to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to, 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 you know, for anything. Like at all. I don't even want to know what it looks like outside at 5 a.m. But because I love you and because I esteem you and as the priest of my house, come on, man, You're, you have been called to be a priest of your house. Even if you don't have a mic in your hand and you preach on Sundays, your lifestyle should preach to your family. And in order for this to happen, you've got to rise up earlier than anybody else in your house. And you got to go to God and get vision. For your family. Come on, church. Amen. We got to get vision for, from God for our families, men. Come on, women. Like, even if, even if you're single or you're a single mom, you had better be getting vision for your life and your kids because you are a priest in your home. Amen. And so when we honor God, we are, are putting ourselves, uh, we are sub sub being subject to the word of God. So what does the word of God say? Like, what does he desire? He wants us to have quality time in prayer. Are you submitted to God in prayer? Come on, he, he desires for us to spend time in worship. Where we bring thanksgiving to God, are we submitted thanking God for what he's done every single day? Are we doing that? Come on, are we serving the house of God? Because he desires for us to be submitted in the house of God, and he desires for us to serve his house. It's so quiet in here. I didn't realize we're at Catholic church today. Um, but amen. Um, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Felt right. Um, Listen, are we submitted to God? Look, this is the baseline things, like just of everything. You shouldn't even be thinking about a bay if you're not doing these things with God. 
That's just the reality. And so, like, are we, are we submitted to God when it comes to sexual purity? Like, can we, can we just, because, like, I mean, I'm out here now. Right? Like, are we, like, are we really, like, are we submitted to God? Because, like, because 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, flee fornication. Flee. Like, this is the only time in the Bible where it tells us to run away from something. Why? Because sex is so powerful. Jesus did not expect this today. But, but, But are we submitted to God when it comes to purity? Are we submitted to God when it comes to the tithe? Are we submitted? Somebody's like, yeah, I got that one, Pastor. <laughs> I, got, I got that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't messing with y'all this morning. Um, and then how we treat other people. Are we walking in love? Ooh, man, I got a word stirring in me just about walking in love coming soon, right? Like, we got to love people. The same way that God has loved us, we got to love other people. And please, look, if this is an area where, like, people just rub you the wrong way all the time, like, don't walk down nobody aisle yet. Because your, your husband is going to rub you in some ways. And your wife is going to rub you in some ways. Don't mess it up because you don't understand love yet. Amen. So, look, if you won't submit to God, you won't submit to a spouse. Your spouse ain't got a chance. If you don't submit to God, man, your spouse is in for it. And you in for it. That's just the reality. Like, like marriage is, uh, th- this is marriage. Y'all want to know how to spell marriage? Sacrifice. Well, pastor, I, no, 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 hear me good. Like, marriage is all about Sacrifice. If you don't understand sacrifice, if you're not willing to lay your life down, you are not ready to put a ring on your finger. Like, marriage has everything to do with sacrifice. If you get married to self-serve, stay by yourself. Listen, I am just trying to tell you how to have a healthy, successful marriage. You go in with the mentality of, I'm dying to myself so that my spouse can have her or his knees met. I got a faint amen, and I don't even know where that came from. Might have been an angel. (laughs) Let me help my boy out real quick. Send an amen down from heaven, because he ain't getting no love right now. (laughs) So check, check this out. Um. I want y'all to all get this down. A healthy marriage is when both husband and wife are subject to each other's needs. A healthy marriage is when both husband and wife are subject to each other's needs. That word subject is like a slavery term. I am a slave to my wife's needs. Wow. But, but check this out, though, because I love Paul, the Apostle Paul, because the Apostle Paul says, I'm a bondservant to Jesus. Y'all see the connection? Because, again, last week we learned that our, our, our marriages should be a direct reflection 
of how Jesus loves the church and how the church relates to Jesus. So the world ought to be able to look at the Christian relationship or the Christian marriage, and the world should be able to see how a husband is loving his wife, and they'll automatically know how that, that Jesus would love them. And, and then the world should be able to see wives and how the wife is respectful and honoring her, of her husband, that, that they'll be able to clearly be able to see how the church is supposed to relate to Jesus. This is marriage. Marriage is bigger than us. Marriage is so much bigger than my needs or her needs. Marriage is so big that the world ought to be able to come to Christ by looking at our marriage. Um, A healthy marriage is when the husband places his wife's needs above his own needs. Come on, this grown and sexy talk right here. Like, Like, like. A healthy marriage is when a wife will put her husband's needs above her own needs. I, I heard a brother, amen. Amen. I don't know who it was. It might have been a dude angel this time. But look, the most, look, look like, hear me good, y'all. The most satisfying marriage consists of two servants in love. Come on, a a healthy marriage consists of two servants in love. It consists of two servants in love. So so check this out. Like there's there's a a lot of people that kind of fall into this um, place of the disappointments of the past and being hurt by the past. And I won't let anybody in the way that I did before. There's a lot of that kind of happening and going on. So what's happening is we, we, we're, we're loving with limits. That, that we'll, we'll date, we'll do everything that a marriage is supposed to be, but like actually standing before God, nah, I ain't doing that again. Well, well, but check this out, though. Like Jesus forgave the church, and Jesus heals the church. So if we'll give that to Jesus... You can actually walk in complete healing from your past. And you can actually love the person that's in your life the way that they deserve to be loved. That wasn't in my notes. I just sensed that by the Spirit of God that somebody in the room needed that. So check it out. Y'all ready for the good stuff now? That was just my intro. Y'all ready? So how wives should love or how wives should relate to their husbands. This is what we're about to talk about. How wives should relate to their husband. I know somebody in the room, why are you starting with the wife? Like, ah, because the Bible started with y'all. Listen. Um, so check this out. So out of love, esteem, respect, and honor that you have for Jesus, submit to your husband's. Y'all get that? Not because your husband is getting it right all the time. Not because your husband 
Is loving you 100% like accurate, the way that you desire to be loved? No, that's not why you're submitting to him. You're not submitting to him because he's fine. You're not submitting to him because he's paying the bills. No, you are submitting to him because you love, you esteem, you honor, and you respect Jesus. Y'all see the flip? So like out of that love, out of that admiration, um, submit to your husband's. So now this, this whole submission idea is really broad, right? So let me narrow the focus. I'm going to give you the top two needs of a husband. Y'all ready? I'm going to give you the top two needs. And again, we ought to be submitting ourselves as wives. We ought to be submitting ourselves, putting ourselves underneath the, the, the or putting, our, putting our, our spouse's needs above our needs and submit to these top two things that every husband desires. I'm going to speak on behalf of my, my, my people. Can I do that? <laughs> Brothers, can I do that real quick? Y'all better show me some love up in here, right? Like, I'm going to do y'all a favor, a solid, right here, right now. So the top need that every husband needs is honor. Honor. Respect. Respect. This is the top need. Of every guy, it's honor. So look, a godly wife will be subject to the need of honor that her husband has. So a godly wife will place her husband's need for honor above her needs. All right, so I'm going to break this down and make this super practical for y'all. So, so a, wife, a wife's honor or a wife honoring her husband, it should be your top priority. You honoring your man, I don't care what, who, what kind of man this is, what kind of guy he is, what ethnicity this man is, I promise you his top need is honor, respect. You can see it in little boys. If you dishonor or you disrespect a little boy, he will either try to fight you or he will completely shut down and have nothing to do with you. Am I preaching, man? It's honor. God wired us to need honor, to need respect, to need to be esteemed. So in a practical way, what does this look like? Thank your man excessively. Thank your man excessively. So what does this look like? I'm about, look, I'm about to make this so plain to y'all. This means that Women, like, you have to learn how to give partial praise. Almost dropped the mic right there. <laughs> Listen, women, I'm, I'm letting you in on the secret. Like, this is the secret. Give your man partial praise. If you praise him for the things that he does, instead of nagging him about the things that he doesn't do, he'll actually start doing the things that he doesn't do. I'm preaching good, like, that ain't teach y'all, if that ain't teach y'all anything, like, right, like, that was worth the, the cost of waking up this morning. Like, listen, praise him for the small things. If he, if he took the trash out, thank him for that. Listen, if he, well, he's supposed to do that. Ah, you got the game wrong. Even if he's supposed to do that, thank him for it. If he picked the kids up from school because you had a lot of things going or you were juggling a lot, and he's like, baby, let me take care of that for you. 
thank that man. Thank that man for working hard every day of the week and bringing his whole check home. Why is this so rigid in here? Like, am I, did I say a bad word? <laughs> like, thank him excessively, ladies. Look for ways to appreciate your men. Because little baby at work will. Little baby at work will. Oh, my God. Like, thank you. Let him open, let him open up a door just, just trying to be, like, nice. Oh, my God. Like, nobody has ever opened up a door for me like that in my entire life. Thank you so You are so sweet. That's little baby at work. This is how it goes. That's how it goes. Little baby is waiting on you not to thank him. Right? So look, we got to appreciate our man. Listen, be his biggest cheerleader. And that's a legit question that I want to ask. Like, are you your husband's biggest cheerleader? Or do you, listen, do you nag more than you cheer? That's a legit question. Um, it's awkward right now. I feel it. <laughs> Just got real awkward. But are you, are you your man's biggest cheerleader? If you are tempted to, to complain about the things that you don't like, and then until he addresses the things that you don't like, he not getting no praise, your marriage is not going to be healthy. If this man is getting six out of ten things right, you ought to be praising about those six things. Now, you'll, you'll have room to talk about the, the four other things, but if you never praise him, he's not going to listen. Matter of fact, that six probably going to drop to two because he needs to be appreciated. Amen? Y'all ready for number two? Probably not because I don't know. Y'all ready for number two? All right, so look, the number two, number two, the, the most important need of a man is sex. I'm going to just say it. Like, husbands, it's, it is it is sex, right? Like, and look, I'm going to just say it. Um, majority of the time, in many cases, this man's need for intimacy is a whole lot higher than yours as women. So if this is the case, if this is the case, then, like, I want to I wanna, I wanna say this, like, su submitting is, is going to be, like, one of those things. Are you going to submit to that or his need for that? Or are you going to, like, just, you know, hey, listen, he better figure it out. Because that happens a lot. So here's what I encourage. I, encur I highly encourage couples to be open with each other and set a healthy expectation for intimacy. Right? Like, like hi, I highly encourage this. I highly encourage it. Um, husbands, um, I, I want to, I wanna, like, say this and put this disclaimer out. Take into consideration your wife's work schedule, her raising the kids, raising your babies, um, her, uh, her special time of the month needs to be in consideration. Um, her, her physical or emotional or mental state, take all of these things into consideration because I will tell you this, 
when you are married, self-control will actually amplify. Your need for self-control will actually amplify. So I want to put that disclaimer out as well. Understand your wife. But, but ladies, I need you to understand as well, too, that this is his top need. So I want you guys to, 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 to be able to say, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in those moments where I'm not feeling it like he's feeling it. I'm going to pray and ask you for the grace to help me to submit to my man in this. This is, this is like top-notch preaching right here. Like, it really is. I'm just going to say it. Um, so I, I really want to I really point that out. Like, those are your your husband's top two needs, whether he's told that to you or not, I promise you. There are other needs in there as well, too. Just got time for two today. Um, all right. Um, so I'm going to get off the wives because I feel like I might get shot after church today. Um, and I'm going to talk about the husbands. Um, so husbands, it says in verse 25 through 27, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify her, uh, sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be uh, holy and without blemish. So husbands, how did Christ love the church? Well, he sacrificed for the church. Come on, he forgave the church. You walking in bitterness with your wife is so far from how Jesus responds to his bride. How else did Jesus love the church? Jesus gave the church immeasurable grace. Jesus gave the church so much mercy. Jesus never criticized the church. He never put the church down. He never used harsh words with the church. He never shook the church. He never put his hands on the church. Come on, men. I was just preaching the house down for y'all a second ago. Come on, Jesus, the, the way that he loved the church, you know, Jesus was understanding of the church. He had compassion for the church. He loved the church unconditionally come on he loved the church unconditionally like even during the 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 most volatile volatile times in our lives he loved us unconditionally are you loving your wife unconditionally come on when she pushing all your buttons when she nitpicking about everything that's going wrong are you loving her unconditionally when she's in the mood, in, in a mood, I'm sorry, in a mood. And she don't really feel like being bothered with you right now. Are you loving her unconditionally? Come on. This is how Jesus loved the church. And, and Jesus expects for us to love his daughter the way that he loved his church. And I love this last part. He washed the church with his words. Men, your words are so vital when it comes to your spouse. I had somebody tell me, um, 
our, our, our youth pastor actually married us. Um, and I remember talking to him before we got married. And um, he said, Brandon, um, one thing that you are going to need to understand is in f- your, your wife is a garden. And your words are seeds. Whatever you speak into her is what she'll become. And after five years, who she is in five years will greatly be because of the words that you spoke over her. What are we saying to our spouses? Come on, what are we saying to our spouses? Our words should wash them. That word wash actually means to bathe your wife. So, so, so we ought to be bathing our wife in mercy. We ought to be bathing our wives in grace. We ought to be bathing our wives in righteousness. That when she forgets who she is, you remind her who she is by bathing her with the words of Jesus. Come on, after she's had your babies and her body isn't the same, you ought to be bathing her in righteousness, reminding her that she has been fearfully and wonderfully made and nothing on this planet is more beautiful than you. I love you. Bathing her with your words. Your words are either going to build her up or break her down. Regardless, like there is no if, ands, buts about it. If you always blame, if you always criticize, and men nitpick too. I got a uh-huh from a sister and no amens from a brother. It's okay. It's cool. I'm going to still keep preaching. It's cool. Y'all, already, y'all know me by now. So there's no in-between if you're always breaking them down with every little thing that you don't appreciate the way that she said this or the way that she did this or, or, or what you don't appreciate, you know, about this or how this night went or da-da-da-da-da, whatever the case may be. If you're always criticizing her, she's going to lose a sense of her self-worth and an insecurity will grow in her. And because the insecurity has grown in her, that's what she's going to produce in your marriage. So what we need to do is we need to remember how Jesus loved us. And we need to remember how Jesus loves his church. And as we remember how Jesus loves his church, we ought to exemplify what Christ has been to us, to our wives. Um. God gave me this revelation about this passage, and I was just like, man, I remember going through a season early in our marriage. Um, it might have been like first couple years in our marriage, and I'm just like, God, like you told me I was the leader of this house, and she not trying to follow me. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this girl right now. Like, she need to get her act together, like da-da-da-da-da. And so, um, and so God's letting me vent, right? Like, I'm having this vent session with God. Like, you need to get your daughter, like, for real. Like, she, I don't know. <laughs> what her problem is. And so um, here's, what, here's what Jesus told me. He was like, well, her problem is your problem. I'm like, huh? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm trying to go this way. And she like, uh-uh. I ain't going that way. And I'm like, what you mean this is my problem? And so God is like, well, I told you that I wanted you to go this way. And you haven't done that. Your wife will be a direct reflection of your relationship with Jesus, 
how you relate to Jesus is how your wife will relate to you. Flat out. So if you have areas in your life that God hasn't been able to tweak and adjust because you've allowed your heart to get hard towards the words of Jesus, your wife's, your wife's heart is going to be hard to your words, and, he, and she is not going to receive what you are telling her that you desire for her to do or the direction that you want your family to go into. She is going to reflect your relationship with Jesus. How your wife reflect or how your wife relates to you is how you relate to Jesus. Is she stubborn? Are you stubborn? Is she cold towards you? Are you intimate with God? Come on, church. Like this is the mystery that Paul talks about right here. That our marriages should reflect our relationship with God. And your wife is the bride of Jesus. She's the church. And in this picture that God, he actually expects for you to wash the church with your words. And when we wash the church with our words, I guarantee you something beautiful happens. That it'll, it'll be like my wife watches uh, Dancing with the Stars a lot. She watches a lot. So I watch it. Don't judge me. I'll fight you after service. But one thing that I picked up from the show is like every, dan every, every dance couple, whatever you call them, um, they have a leader. But you can't tell who leading. And that's a healthy marriage. There's a leader, but the people from the outside looking in see, just see a unit dancing. Perfect harmony. And that's a marriage. And that's what God intends. So let me give you the top two needs of a wife. Y'all, um, ladies, y'all can shout me down anytime you want to. It's going to be good. Um, but the, the top need that a woman has is security. So, mm -hmm, she felt that deep in her soul. Wow. It's security. The, the number one need of a woman is security. A woman wants to know that she is safe physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. A woman wants to know that she is safe, that she doesn't have to be guarded all the time around you. She wants to be safe. She has to be safe. So look, men, I don't care how bad the disagreement is. I don't care how bad the argument is. We don't raise our voices at our wives. I'm going to say it again. We don't yell at our wives. You do not yell at your wife. I'm going to say it with my chest. You don't yell at your wife. <laughs> because the moment that you lose your temper is the moment that she loses her security. And when she loses her security, there will be no trust in your relationship. There will be no trust in the relationship whatsoever, and it'll be headed for trouble. So we've got to create safe environments. We've got to create environments where your wife knows that she's physically safe. So that means, obviously, we don't put our hands on any women. We definitely don't put our hands on our wives at all. Don't tolerate it. And the reality is, that is God's daughter. 
I don't know about you, but like, I don't want to like do any damage to what God desires for his daughter. Like, I, like I'm going to just tell you, like, I have, a, I have a five-year-old daughter, and if anybody was to ever think about, I don't care how old she is, it'll be the last day that you were breathing. I promise you that. Amen. And that's exactly how God feels about his daughter. Amen? amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen. So look, we've got to create safe environments for, for, for our wives. So how do we do this? We do what we said we were going to do. Look, if we, if we promise, we make good on that promise. Come on, we're, we're, we're men of integrity. We're men of our word. Like, whatever we say we're going to do, we follow up with what we say we're going to do, and we actually do it. We don't make empty promises. What is a man without his word? A boy. What is a man without his word? A boy is what you are. But if we're making good on our word, then that means that we're a real man and, and we're, we're ready to be in a real relationship and we're ready to be a real priest in our household. You see, like the, the father, there is no lies in the father. Whatever the father said is what the father does. And God is raising up men to be like him. And God desires for us to be a man of our word. And this is how we create a safe environment for our wives. Now, look, ladies, if you're single, like, I hope you're taking a whole lot of notes. Because if he's anything less than this, bye, boy, bye. Like, like on everything I love, like, don't sell yourself short. God desires for you to have a man of God who knows how to lead you. If he doesn't understand the will of God for his own life, where are he going to take you? Let me keep going. Let me keep going. So look, um, we want to create security. And, and so how we create security is through sacrifice. She'll be safe when she watches you sacrifice. She'll feel safe when she watches you sacrifice. What does that mean? She drives the better car. <laughs> Look, true story, true story. Um, when, we were, when we were dating, I think maybe like a year before we got married, a year before we got married, y'all need to stop making him laugh so hard. God, I'm choking over there. So look, a year before we got married, my wife drove a Ford Focus, 2001, a 2003, you sure? Like, 2003, we got married, she said it was 2003, uh, we got married in, we got married March 20th, 2010, so her car had been through some things, 10 years old-ish, right, um, and it was having all kind of problems, and um, just before we start, like, like, dating strong, I just got a brand new Mustang, clean clean, clean, like super clean, right? And so, and I'm proud of my car. I'm a car guy. Like, I love cars. And she's, like, calling me, like, she, once, once she moved down to Florida where we were, her car started having all kind of problems, started breaking down, all this stuff. And, um, and I'm like, man, um, <laughs> right? Like, I'm processing, like, how can... 
I make this right for her while I keep my my Mustang. Um, but but God started dealing with my soul, and so we had gotten married, and her car like just was like it was it was done. Like we had put so much money in it, and I'm like, man, like let's let's go to the dealership. And like at this time, like she's not sure what I'm doing, but I ended up. I traded in my Mustang for two Civics. Civics. Y'all heard that? Civics. It ain't the same as Mustang. Point A to point B is what we have. Point A to point B. But listen, I am letting you know, though, it showed my bride something in me. Because, like, you can't, like, you can't be, like, a real man and your wife is stuck on the side of the road somewhere. She not gonna feel safe. And that's gonna have major implications in your marriage. Sacrifice, sacrifice. She needs to see you sacrifice. And so like, I'll just, I'll share a couple more points on making sacrifice just a little bit. Like, so like, you carry in the groceries. I'm just gonna say. Like you, you if, if you hear the garage open or the door open and you know that she's when grocery shopping, you make a beeline to drop what you're doing, and you go downstairs, and you carry those groceries in for your wife. That's next level. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying. It is. And, like, like, what else does it look like? Like, how about, how about, like, when you pull up somewhere, like, you go around and you open up her car door? Like, like how, about, how about you open up, like, the, the house door? Like, like how about... How about, like, your understanding if she's tired? And, like, you sacrifice and not have time of intimacy because you want her to be the best that she can be. Like, this is sacrifice. That's what marriage is. Marriage is sacrifice. Her needs ahead of my needs. This is sacrifice. And, like, like, how, like again, like, communication is, is the key so, so, to, to, to a lot of this. And this is her second greatest need, communication. Tell me where we going. Tell me what we doing. Tell me what's in your heart. Tell me, is it, is it, is like, tell, tell me about your life. Tell me about your day. And we can't be like, I mean, it was straight. <laughs> straight. Same old, same old. It's not really like letting her in. Even though that's dude talk. Listen, if we out and I'm, I'm with one of y'all dudes, like, and we out, and, like, I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And, like, you give me, like, way too, I'm like, whoa, bro, like, listen, I'm not your girl. Like, what are, what are you doing? Right? So it's okay between two guys, like, if, like, our definition of straight, like, all right, the box is checked. Like, bruh's good. We good. We can move on to the next subject. But, like, women, um, just on average, women... Um, use 3,000 words more than we do in a day. 3,000. Let that sink deep. Like, just the thought of using 3,000 words to a man is like, whoa, like too much. But you've got to learn how to communicate the way that your wife needs you to communicate. Because it, 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 it shows her that you care about her and you're interested in her and you're sharing with her out of your heart, not just your head. It's a difference. So look, 
man, we've got to pay attention to the countenance of our wives. If something looks like it's wrong, chances are something's wrong. And in times that things are wrong, that means that we need to cut off the game to show her that she's top priority and we're invested in her. I'm spitting straight facts right now. Like, I just, straight facts. And when we do, intimacy won't be a problem. You see, like, intimacy is the, that's the treasure, right? Like, that's, it is what it is. It's why we say yes. It's why we get married as Christians. Like, we want, we want to have, we want to, like, have legal sex. Like, that's just kind of what it is, right? I mean, it's just kind of what it is. Yeah, we, I love you, baby, like, but, like, like, it's just not, like, we don't receive the big prize if that's not what it is. But look, I am trying to let you in on how to unlock the cookie jar. <laughs> Just kind of what it is. Look, and I'm going to say this, like, checking in with your wife is not soft, it's smart. So text your wife throughout the day. Hey, baby, I just had you on my mind. I just wanted you to know that I love you. Do you understand what this is setting you up for? I'm going to keep going. Y'all making me mad. Um, so look, like, text your wife throughout, like, after all these years, baby, like, I still can't stop thinking it. Like, do you understand what you're setting yourself up for? Everybody wins. Everybody wins. So look, we want to communicate, right? We want to communicate. All right, now, like, let's... let's Quickly look at the husband's role. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Everybody say tend and keep. Right? Like God desires for a man to, this is your two roles or you, your two job responsibilities as a husband or as a father. It is to tend Tend means to, to be a servant, to be a worker, and to be a worshiper. This word tend means to be a servant, a worker, and a worshiper. So a husband's role is to serve God and to serve his wife and to serve his children. So this whole idea of leadership as a man, like my wife need to be following me, yeah, but, but like let's look at the type of leadership it's actually servant leadership. See, Jesus was a servant leader. He came to serve, not to be served. And as a result, we followed him. When you serve your wife, she'll follow you. But if you're serving yourself, she's not going to follow you. So he desires for us to be a servant, but he also desires us to be a worker. Look, one time for all my guys that are like working hard. Right? I want to give a shout out to all my men in the room that are working hard and we never look for shortcuts. Men don't look for shortcuts. We work hard. And so, ladies, like, I want you guys to be able to, if you're single and he always trying to find a shortcut or he always calling in for work, leave him alone. If this man can't hold no job because he refuses to work hard, leave him alone. Because he's not going to work hard for you. It's a principle. And then I love this, that, that the husband should be a worshiper. Come on, man. I ain't talking about no, like, emotional stuff, like emotionalism. That's not what I'm talking about. 
but it is so manly for a guy to be able to say, you know what? My God has saved me. He has set me free. He has delivered me. He has blessed me with a wife. He's blessed me with a child. He's blessed me with my family. He has blessed me with a a great job. He has given me breath to breathe. I have money in my pocket and a roof over my head. God, I love you. That's a man. That's a man. And what, what happens is when we worship, worship demonstrates passion. And when you have a passion for God as a man, your wife is going to have a passion for God. And she's going to have a passion for you. And then when your kids see you worshiping, it's going to create an appetite of worship in them. And then you are affecting generational blessing on your life and on your kids to come. Your grandbabies ought to see you worshiping. Ooh, Jesus. This is what God created us to be as men. This is what he told Adam to do, and this is what he's still telling us to do. And then that word keep, he told us to tend and keep. The word keep means to guard and protect. To guard, protect, and to be a watchman. You can't watch after your wife if you're still watching porn. He called us to be watchmen. He wants us to watch the throne of God to get vision from him. And then he wants us to watch over our household so that we can lead them and direct them where they should go. Amen? He wants us to protect. He wants us to protect. So we ought to protect our wives physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We got to protect our wives. We got to protect our children. We got to protect them. We ought to guard them. We ought to serve them. And that's what God is desiring. Now I want to give you one last thing for wives. So here's the wife's role. The wife's role we can find in verse 18. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. So I want to say this, like, as a man, you cannot become all that God desires for you to be independent from a strong wife. God has created a woman to help you fulfill everything that you are destined to fulfill. Everything. And so God anointed wives to help their husbands fulfill all that he has called them to do. Verse 21 and 22 says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. God brought her to the man. God brought her to the man. Single ladies, did God bring you to him? Or did you bring yourself? Let that sink deep down. Because if he didn't send him, if he didn't send you to him, it's not going to last. So we got to be led by God, right? We got to be led by God. So when God created the woman, he made her from the rib of a man. Well, what does ribs do? Ribs protect the vital organs. You see, like, 
women, you are called to protect your husband's heart and everything near to it and dear to it. You are created to protect your man. You are created to protect his pride, to protect his ego. You are called to protect him. I love it. You look at the wolf. You like got this big alpha wolf, a male, and he's ready to fight, but you'll actually see the, the female wolf come up underneath him. You think she's hiding. No, she's protecting his heart. When he's about to fight, you'll see a female wolf come up underneath her husband, right in his chest. What is she doing? She like, only way that you're going to get to him is through me. And that is exactly how God has wired you. You are strong. You're courageous. You are a protector of your household. And I guarantee you this, church, the moment that men, real men, will rise up and be the husband that God intended, and, and when women be a real wife that God intended, our families will be healthy and we'll change the ills in our society.